Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Roy Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg uh, is here today. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. What we've been working on in these shows now is really looking at emotional brilliance. How can you take emotional brilliance and what is that to move into the top 10%? And that is the title of our new book that we're researching, Emotional Brilliance, How Live a Fearless Life is a working title we have now. And in this show, and then uh, the other show that we want to reference is the one before this, that we're going to follow up on what we know about emotions. What kind of emotions do you experience? How do you gear yourself up for top performance? How can you get better at understanding your emotions? What makes this emotional brilliance performance? Uh, what emotions are most challenging for you? And how do we manage these emotions? And my co-host, Kathy, and I have been doing this for, I think, 12 or 13 years. We have reached uh, 41 uh, countries, 125 cities. In the last year alone, <clears throat> we've had over 300,000 downloads. So we're probably approaching 3 to 4 million downloads in the history of our show. And as you know, Dr. Kathy Greenberg coaches leading executives, entire companies in her proven work around work-life strategies on positive psychology and the science of courage. She is a founder of four consultancies, three leadership institutes. She has a free iPhone app that you can see her glowing face. That's uh, called Your Happiness Now. And on iPhone, you can uh, go to your app store and get that, where she basically gives some of her tools and tips um, that she gives to her consulting clients. And she has a number one book. She's got numerous uh, number one books, but the most recent one is um, Fearless Leaders, How to Sharpen Your Focus. Um, And then you can go to her website, www.fearlessleadersquiz, to take a free leadership-style quiz. And there's a ton of uh, downloads. So both Kathy and I want to give away as much as we can free so that we can spread the word. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. Yeah, I mean, you and I have been uh, doing this for, wow, over a decade. It seems like it was just yesterday. We, have, mm-hmm. we do have a lot of fun on the show, as serious subject matter is sometimes. And um, our audience knows who you are. You're not only your friend, uh, but you are a master level certified executive coach and a psychologist. You're a corporate leadership and trainer. Uh, you have actually six books uh, that you've authored, including uh, a new book you did on physician burnout. But what most of our audience knows you for is your top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, which is a mainstay for pretty much anybody in the coaching business or executives who are looking to be their best. And of course, it contains hundreds of, of tools and tips to help anyone be a star performer across any industry. And, of course, your Leadership Keys Field Guide, uh, which uh, has all those tools in it, is available on Amazon as a book or an e-book. You can get a free iApp as well for those of you who like to do things on the go. Uh, Leadership Keys is the name of Rally's iApp. It comes with great videos, and you can find that at your app store. And um, EQ Resource is at his EI site. And so if you text E-I Central, E-I-N-T-R-A-L, 38470-38470, or you visit him at drrellynadler.com. It's a mouthful, drrellynadler.com, D-R-R-E-L-L-Y-N-A-D-L-E-R.com. You will be able to pick up uh, a lot of those very popular and easy to use techniques through his videos. You know, Riley, I think I just want to comment on a couple of things before we get started on today's show. And yes, we are sharing a lot of insights, a lot of tools and tips that will be coming out in our book, our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Fearless Life. But I, I don't know if you've been listening to uh, what's been on 
social media and what's being promoted, especially uh, for young folks. And I'll just stick here to young women. Um, but it, it's, it's concerning to me that we're trying to make emotional health into uh, an easy-to-do five-minute plan. You know, like people talk about their spiritual gym, uh, their mental gym, you know, their, their, um, these quick fix things that while are helpful and give people an opportunity to get to understand some of their feelings, it doesn't really focus anyone on the challenge of doing that work. It makes it seem like if you spend, you know, five minutes in your spiritual gym or, you know, 10 minutes in your mental gym, that you're going to be great. Um, But you've got to do the pre-work, right? You've got to be able to uh, get that uh, emotional intelligence understood. You've got to be able to, um, as you like to say, uh, create the opportunity, creating response to a situation that's anything but perfect. Yeah, uh, Kath, if I can uh, uh, chime in, I think what we're looking at is to create this healthy gap between stimulus and response. And some of these, you know, things like you're saying are quick and what, what's the hacks that you can do. You know, the hack is a big term. It's like, oh, it's quick, easy, I'll just do the hack. Um, which, you know, I think is a good start, but in this gap between stimulus and response, and that's where your emotional brilliance is, really creating a gap. And maybe in what you're talking about, Kathy, it's the, it's the hard work. What do you say to yourself when you don't feel like it? Um, what do you say when you have missed uh, one of your sessions? You know, it's all in the gap in how you are dealing with yourself and how you're dealing with others. And we like to talk about kind of this uh, a moment mastery. It's in the moment that... What do you know about yourself? Input. What do you know about others? Input. So that the output are great decisions, great communications, um, great judgment. And it's all happening the more we know around emotional intelligence, the more you know about yourself and be able to manage yourself. And I think this is where we're zeroing in with emotional brilliancy is if uh, we think about emotional intelligence as kind of the landscape you know, of all the variety of things that, you know, you can do. What we're looking at is to help people say, okay, what's home for you? Let's zero in, like on Google Maps. Let's zero in on your home and what we've been calling your kind of go-to strengths and what are those go-to strengths so that in those moments where you're uh, upset, dissatisfied, angry, um, you know, you can pull out just the right response, the kind of a secret sauce, if you will. And, one of the things, Kathy, that we mentioned on the last show, and we want to reference the last show because we're going to keep moving on from this, but just to highlight that feelings aren't biodegradable. And we think that if we just don't deal with it, and so what we've been saying is hold it in. People ask you how you're doing, hold others off, hold on. Hold it in, hold others off, hold on. And you can kind of get the tension in that. And one of the tools in that we want to move forward with, and we'll talk about some of those today, is um, how do you... Uh, let it out appropriately? How do you let others in, the right people? And then how do you really kind of let go it may transform or kind of navigate some of these emotions? And one example... Yeah, and what I was... No, I was just going to say, Riley, one of the things that is really easy for people to remember is if EI, if emotional intelligence, is your closet, emotional brilliance is your favorite go-to close appropriate for the specific situation. All of us, all of us have our comfy clothes, but sometimes our comfy clothes aren't necessarily the ones that we should be wearing to the work environment. They aren't always the ones we would be wearing to a formal environment. Uh, They aren't always the ones that we would be wearing with people we don't know very well. So I think that that you know, it's emotional intelligence is your closet. Emotional brilliance, right, is your your favorite go-to clothes appropriate for the specific situation is such an easy analogy for people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's right. what you and I really love to do. We like to take very 
complex thing that science has firm understanding about. And that's why we always reference those wonderful people who are doing the hard work so that we can break it down and make it into that uh, easy to swallow secret sauce, right? Mm -hmm. We are going to help people create for themselves to get to that place in their lives where they understand that secret sauce for themselves and then build that brilliant bridge. So it's really exciting in this series of events that we've been going through in these shows to start getting everybody on that path. Absolutely. Yeah. And so maybe I'm going to, I'll share kind of what uh, my brilliant bridge is. Maybe you can share yours because this is really one of the, the takeaways that we want to get to. So in those, you know, the analogy of your favorite, most comfortable clothes, like they fit really well, is good in most situations, just like you're saying. It may not be every situation, but, but for me, it's around the, if you think about a target, what's in the middle of the target you go to is empathy. And then if I have empathy, it allows me to be curious to others without being judgmental. And then the outer ring, if we think about a target, empathy, curiosity, and then listening. Listening has all the behaviors that are going to allow me to kind of be brilliant in the moment. It's also going to allow me not to jump to conclusions and to not be reactive. And so I can kind of activate my strengths the most. So that would be my go-to. What, and what have you discovered, Kathy, around your go-to? Well, I have, you know, a primary go-to just like you do. And... Um, it is, number one, flexibility. So no matter what the situation is and whatever is being thrown at me, it's, uh, it's being flexible. Uh, my second is then problem solving. How will I use my experience as a, a corporate citizen, a parent, um, a community member, a friend, a daughter, et cetera? Uh, what kind of problem solving in those genres, in those if you will, practices uh, can I share with others? And then third for me is empathy, which allows me to understand that not everybody is going to be as flexible or understand the problem-solving strategy. So being empathetic in that moment is going to be helpful. But really, I want to go to a break real quickly uh, because we, you know, we're, we're going to come back and share a lot more with folks, maybe give them a minute to digest where we are. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. 
Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Kathy and I are having a, a delightful conversation talking about our new book, Emotional Brilliance, and you know how can you navigate and manage these emotions we want to highlight a couple of just laws of feelings, and then we're going to get into, you know, so what do you do with some of these emotions, or how do we go deeper? So what we do know is that the difference between emotions and feelings, feelings are how we're interpreting the emotion or the sensations in our body. Feelings are the mental experiences of body states, and that arises in the brain when we interpret emotions. We know feelings are contagious. We know that repeated feelings create a belief. We know that negative feelings are stronger than positive. We know that feelings aren't biodegradable. And the other key point is when we replay negative feelings, it injures the brain. It can destroy memory and emotional regulation within five to ten minutes of replaying that over and over. So those are some of the aspects, you know, that are important to know. And we really want to talk a little bit about more so. Uh, last show, we talked about feelings aren't biodegradable. And I mentioned that a little bit in the beginning of the show. I'll give you a quick example, Kathy. You know, when I was a psychologist in private practice, uh, and what allowed me to kind of see this, that these emotions don't biodegrade, I had this individual who was talking about his relationship. This relationship ended 10 years ago. And what happened was he, had, he was married and he came in and saw his wife in bed with one of his best friends. This happened 10 years ago. As he spoke about it, the intensity of the emotion, like we're going to talk about the intensity and the unpleasantness, those two parts of the matrix, intensity and unpleasantness, it was like it happened the night before. Well, this was 10 years ago. So he obviously didn't let it out. He didn't really let others in. He didn't really let go, you know, the kind of formula we're looking at. And it really kind of highlighted, like, whoa, this, the, that emotion didn't go anywhere. If anything, it was a contaminant to him. So that's an example of the emotions aren't uh, biodegradable. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully none of us have to deal with that situation firsthand, uh, but most of us do have to go to work. Uh, and uh, Ann Kramer in a Time Magazine article reports just from emotional incidents at, at work survey, it's a survey she created for Time Magazine, that frustration is the most common emotion at work, and 60% of workers have seen their boss get angry at someone at work in the last year. Uh, what, you know, what is it that's going on at work that's creating that much of a stressful environment? And we know from a lot of the research we've done over the years on the science of happiness uh, and the science of positive psychology that 80% of workers feel stress on the job and nearly half say they need help in learning how to manage stress. Uh, 42% say that their coworkers uh, need this help as well. And 14% of respondents um, have felt like, you know, as you said, striking a coworker in the past, but, but they didn't, which is horrible. And 25% have felt like screaming or shouting because of job stress. So, you know, how do we deal with these experiences 
with these uh, threats of uh, verbal intimidation, uh, of, of even what we would call triangulation, where it's not even happening in front of you. But it's still an assault on us, uh, and it's still uh, an act of what we might call emotional violence in the workplace when somebody does or says something against us and we're not even there to defend ourselves. So one of the things that, you know, is really important for us uh, as individuals who work in, in groups, uh, even if we're an individual contributor and we're working uh, alone, uh, contributing to something in the workplace, you know, what, what is an emotion? Uh, you know, we've covered some of this uh, in our last podcast and we'll continue to cover it in this one, but what, what are these emotions? What are our secret sauce? What is our individual secret sauce for dealing with those emotional cycles, uh, the bodily sensations that are created from these emotions? And what is the brilliant bridge that we ourselves can build each time that allows us to live in the moment and not in the past experiences and the concepts of those experiences which become our feelings. So it's, it's a great opportunity for anyone who's listening today to get to understand more about what an emotion is, how an emotion is created, and how we decompose that emotion so that our, our brains are not hijacking our bodily reactions and we are able to actually physiologically understand what's going on so that we can be brilliant in the moment and continue to use that secret sauce for each of us that makes us able to do our job, able to be effective, live a happy, fulfilling life, as opposed to having our emotions hijacking us in our bodily sensations. So one... Uh, one way to, to bring self-awareness, Kathy, to what you're talking about, uh, we're going to talk about emotional style. And this is from some of the work of Richard Davison, who's a neuroscientist at uh, University of Wisconsin, and has a, has a book he and Sharon Bagley wrote, Emotional Life of Your Brain. So I'm going to go through this, Kathy, and I'm going to ask you, and the same thing for our listeners, to be able to think about this. So one of the things we know around being emotional brilliant is first emotional self-awareness. And this is one way to say, okay, how do these emotions, uh, when we talk about uh, the pleasantness of this, pleasant or unpleasant, and the intensity, um, you know, how do they emerge in you? So the first is what's called a startup of your emotional reaction. Are you fast, medium, or slow? Something happens and do you immediately experience the valence or the intensity of it. Start, so I'll, we'll walk through these one at a time, Kathy. So start up of an emotional reaction. I would say fast, medium, slow, I'm slow. Where, where are you on that? Hmm. <laughs> I think for nine-tenths of my life, uh, I, was, I was, you know, fast. And I, okay. I believe where I am now uh, is medium. You know, okay. I'm, I'm much, much more aware. Right. And so it's, it's a good point, you know, first knowing where you are and then, you, you know, with all the tools and, and, and the expertise you've brought, now it's more medium. All right, so that's a startup. Think mm -hmm. about that for you if you're the listener, fast, medium, or slow. Now the intensity of your emotion, is it high, medium, or low? The intensity of your emotions. I would say I'm also low on that kind of goes back to my um, brilliant bridge, you know, that I'll take that gap, I'll have some em empathy, I'll be curious, and I'll be curious for myself. So for me, the intensity, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't necessarily waver a lot. Other people in my family are high in emotions, you know, high as far as the intensity. So high, medium, low, intensity. Where would you say you are on that, Kath? This is, this is interesting because most people see me as being low. Mm -hmm. But I believe my own little, you know, internal belief is I look like a swan. You know, like I'm gliding along the water <clears throat> looking like, you know, I know where I'm going. Oh, my little feet are going a mile a minute, you know. 
So it is so interesting. I think I think I'm going to say medium to low on the intensity okay. of my emotion, but it's interesting how I feel versus how other people see me. But that's a great distinction, and then it goes back to your brilliant bridge, you know, around flexibility, problem solving. So those little feet going underneath the water are doing a lot of work around be flexible. Okay, how am I going to solve this so that what comes out <laughs> kind of looks like the swan gliding? I mean, that's a great, great yes. picture. And then, sorry, so think about if you're a listener, intensity of emotions, high, medium, low. Then the last one is duration of your emotional reactions, short, medium, or long. So that's what I would say, how long does that emotion stay with you? For me, it's kind of the opposite of some of the others. That's more long for me. I'll kind of work things and I'll be kind of thinking about it and to, you know, if I feel offended or rejected or something, almost too long. And then I realize this is a waste of my time. I need to let it out, let the appropriate people in so I can let go. And when I do do that, it's amazing how, how I'm on to the next thing. So duration of emotional reactions, I am long. Where are you on that one? Short. Definitely. Short. <laughs> Definitely short, yeah. It's like I uh, get over it quickly and move on. Um, but okay. I will tell you that uh, a lot of that is due to the fact that, you know, doing a lot of this self-awareness work has allowed me to have that emotional reaction. Because what a lot of people will do, obviously, you know, you've seen this and our, our audiences have seen this, is somebody can be short, but then the next time it happens, they bring up every episode yes. that happened thing. in the past. So yeah. I am short with a knowledge that it's going to happen again. So I don't get too attached to my reaction because I know that it's going to happen. It, it, human beings are human beings. And anybody who says, I'm never going to do that again, bless their hearts. I, I want to believe every human being means that. But we are flawed. We always will be. And it's unfortunate. So I am, my duration is short, but I also don't collect them so hmm. that I don't go back and yeah. connect them and, and then create, you know, blame in the end. Because I think some people who are in that medium or long tenure, the duration of the emotional, that's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if you're doing that, but a lot of people are connecting those episodes and creating more of an aggravation for themselves. Yep. That's a great way to say it. I love what you just said, because I think we should put this in the book, Um, is not collect and then connect. And again, back to the focus. When you're collecting and say, oh, that's just like the last time. Now you're connecting them, and then you get this negative scorecard of all the times you've been offended or upset about it. And let me give you a quick example, oh, yeah. then, and then I'll, we'll go to the next part. But, you know, this duration, you know, my daughter, when she was younger, could really kind of take uh, the knife to me. You know, and, and say some, you know, things like, like she'll say, oh, that's what's good, Dad. You're an expert in emotional intelligence? <laughs> and it would be like a knife. It, it would be like a knife to my gut. And then it was great because she would apologize. And she's like, oh, I apologize for my part. Uh, you want to apologize for your part? And I, and I had to say the duration. I said, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to turn the channel that fast. Yeah, it's still hurting me. And so that's where this longer duration, I had to process it a little bit. And then, yeah, I would let it go. And I'm getting better at letting it go sooner. So, Well, I think that that takes us to another component of our secret sauce development and our bridge, our brilliance bridge building. And that's the deeper feelings of arousal and, and um, you know, the, the way that that arousal occurs. Right. So those deeper feelings mm-hmm. are what allow you to understand. Yeah. That's a good point. So for me, that was deeper. Um, I think we're ready for our, our next break. 
and then we're going to right, come back, and then we're going to talk about a, a process that we have that will be helpful to n- navigate emotions. So don't go away. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 voice america business network the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having a wonderful conversation about our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Fearless Life. And by the way, that book will be out in... um, in the new year, uh, we are still collecting some research, which you can help us with. Uh, if you go to our Leadership Development News uh, site, uh, to the page uh, that goes with our show, where you can look up all kinds of exciting speakers that we've had, you'll see a link to our uh, survey, and we would ask uh, if you're uh, of the mind to take it that you do so, not only to help our research but also to help yourself. Uh, The more you become aware of your own reactions uh, to emotions and to your thought process around the style of your feelings, the better it is for you and the better it is for us and all those around us. So getting back into the show here, really, we're talking about knowing ourselves in our style. Um, what do you do with feelings? I think that that becomes the big question for yep. uh, our our listeners. What do we do with our feelings? And and so let me uh, tell you what, what we're working on. And so we have a process, uh, the acronym of NAME, N-A-M-E, which is uh, notice, 
and name the emotion, accept it, manage it, express it. And if we've built on uh, other colleagues, you know, have all had that uh, big aspect, we'll go through this more in detail, but Mayor Salovey and Caruso, really who coined the term emotional intelligence, they talk about emotions, do you perceive it, use it, understand, and manage. An outgrowth of that is the Yale University uh, group who studied emotional intelligence. What they talk about is recognize the emotion, understand it, label it, express it, regulate it. Kathy and I are both certified in the multi-health systems, EQI, and they talk about perceive, express ourselves, maintain social relationships, cope with challenges, use emotional information. Our friends at um, Corn Ferry and the Hay Group and the Goldman Boyasis Group talk about understand yourself, manage yourself, understand others. Our friends at Six Seconds talk about know yourself, choose yourself, give yourself. So some of those are, are, are really good. Some of them are a little cumbersome. So we came up with the acronym of NAME just because it's simple to go through. So name and notice is the N. Accept, which I think uh, some of the other ones don't have is pulled out as much. Accept the emotion, then manage the emotion, and then express the emotion. And so we can kind of go through each of these, but then in our book, it's going to, we'll highlight just a few of these now to strategize that so that you can name your emotion, you can notice it and name it, you can accept it, and then under manage, there's a series of strategies. How do you manage your thoughts? How do you manage your actions? And then the E is express it. Sometimes you may only be expressing it to yourself, but if you're going to then express it to others because you want to let it out, let the appropriate people in so you can let go, there's going to be tips and tools. So each of these, when Kathy and I have been working on these now, um, we will have a multitude of actions that plug into uh, name and notice, accept, manage, and express. So before we get into those, Kathy, I want to see you know, comments that you have on that, and then we can kind of get into how Yeah. To- well, I love this uh, acronym because it's so easy. Uh, that's that's the first reason. Uh, the second reason is one of my favorite mentors, uh, who is no longer with us, was Warren Bennis. And Warren was always a few steps ahead of his time uh, as a thinker and a thought leader in the area of leadership. And he said, "Leaders, the biggest quality of a leader is to be a first class noticer." Hmm. And so this this first piece, notice and name the actions, it marries so well to something that you say a lot that I've picked up over the years, which is you have to name it to tame it. And uh, I know that that was made famous in Alcoholics Anonymous, but when you put being a first-class noticer Hmm. along with naming it, right, you have to name it to tame it, All of this starts to build on itself, and it makes it so much easier for us to not only recognize our our emotions and name them, but as you say, to accept having them, to accept being human. Uh, I talked a little bit about Father Mike, as he likes to be called, Monsignor Michael Mannion, uh, chaplain for the FBI and law enforcement, uh, a sage himself likes to say, broken bread feeds more people. And when you think about the ability of us to collect our emotions, to name our emotions, the more of them that we've experienced, the more we can understand them in others. And so naming the emotion that we're having and understanding the many different concepts about emotions and feelings um, and their effects are going to be so much better and so much more easy for us to understand. And as Father Mike Mannion uh, also likes to say, you know, those emotions that are not transitioned will be transferred. So, these physiological responses that we have to these emotions, we need to accept them. Not fight them, but accept them. Not give in to them and act out, but accept them. 
And then, as you say, right, name them, accept them, manage them, and then express them. It is such an easy way of looking at our capacity as humans. And that's why I say it's so important for us to do the work and some of the heavy lifting instead of just, you know, memorizing these, you know, little concepts about a mental gym or a spiritual gym or whatever it is. It's really understanding ourselves, the bodily arousals that accompany these emotions and processing them in a very healthy but quick and easy formula. And so um, part of that, Kathy, I think as we kind of look at this, the in all the different models you know, that we are familiar with as far as emotional intelligence, which is the bigger uh, territory we're zeroing in on emotional brilliance, emotional self-awareness, which is the notice and the name part, is really important. And there's a lot of research that says emotional self-awareness is very influential, if not the most influential, on every other competency. There was a research group that the Hay Group did that's now uh, Corn Ferry, that participants with high emotional awareness, which is knowing what's going on for you, um, was highly influenced on everything else. And they said self-awareness lies at the heart of emotional intelligence. So in our model, that's the notice and name. And also, like we're saying, when you name it, that's going to be really important, but also, you know, be aware that sometimes we may misname it, and that's where you can get these um, errors. You know, it may be that you misnamed that, and so this is where this, the awareness comes in. And early in my career, you know, as a psychologist, one of the influences was from uh, Gestalt Therapy and Fritz Perl. Some people may be familiar with him, and one of the things around this awareness is awareness equals responsibility. And it's kind of what Fritz Perls would say. And what I like about kind of the play on words, responsibility means ability to respond. If you're not aware of the emotions, and most of us aren't that good at it, it happens so fast, we're on autopilot. If you're not aware of it, you don't have any ability to respond or to the end part of the formula to um, manage it. So awareness equals responsibility or ability to respond. One of the other aspects that we know we've had on our show, Matthew Lieberman, who's at the UCLA Social Cognitive Neuroscience Laboratory, did, a, you know, I thought a fascinating uh, study that kind of adds to the notice and name. And so he got people activated in a functional MRI. We've seen that where you see the reds and the oranges, and he got their brain activated where they could say the amygdala, the kind of reactive part of the brain, now has blood and oxygen in it. And there was a series of pictures that they showed, so, so from some frightening pictures and some uh, joyous pictures, but they could say from the functional MRI that the amygdala is activated. And then part of the experiment was, how do we change that activation? And we know when the amygdala is activated, we have less prefrontal cortex activation. The blood and oxygen can only go to one place. And so part of the study was, was now that's activated, and what gender was those pictures? Well, how much thinking really uh, is involved in that? Not much. So that's a man, that's a woman, that's another woman the amygdala stayed activated. So the key to this and why this goes back to the notice and name was what emotion, this is part of the study, what emotion is that person experiencing? When you have to think about that emotion or that turning into a feeling, that's a prefrontal cortex process. And in thinking about that, blood and oxygen go to the prefrontal cortex. And so what he noticed was an experiment in the functional MRI Thinking about what emotion or what feeling is going on changes the activation. So now there was an inverse relationship that they found between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. So what does that mean to us? When we think and we try to notice and try to understand what's going on, there's less activation. 
in the amygdala, more activation in the prefrontal cortex. So we're basically less aroused, less have the ability to get hijacked. That is a, is a perfect example of what's going on in our brain when we try to think about what we're, the emotion into a feeling. Well, and this is what we instill in law enforcement and in our military and in our, especially in our special operations and special forces individuals, including our special response teams, such as SWAT, right? And I think it was um, Tanksep in his Archaeology of the Mind, uh, nor evolutionary origins, I believe, of human emotions. He says, now we know the brain typically instigates the bodily arousals that accompany emotions. So our ability to interpret and name these simple physiological responses, okay, are very different for each person depending on their history and their genetics. And this is why it's so, so important that people understand that feelings are mental experiences of body states. And so the more we can interpret them, understand them, regulate them and express them correctly, the better we can manage them. So it's a very, you know, it's a simple thing to think about. It's very, it's definitely hard. This is hard work. You know, all of us, all of us know how hard this is. But in our new book, we're going to talk more and more about each of our secret sauce. You know, how do we develop that secret sauce? Uh, How do we understand these high and low emotional states? Uh, our high and low emotional self-awareness. You know, some of us, when we're in the workplace, uh, we'll have higher emotional self-awareness than when we're home, right? Because in the home, home uh, base, mm. we assume that people understand us better. So our ability to, um, if you will, name our emotions may be very high, but we assume those around us are doing the same thing, right? Well, if you know me and you love me, you understand me. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we get to lower our emotional self-awareness, right? So, so much uh, in so little time, and I know we're coming up to the end of the show today, but, uh, you know, in the time that we have left, uh, it's it's so, for me, so... um, important, that these few things that we can do can serve us each so well. So, Kathy, one example, and you have plenty of these examples, and I think we'll get maybe some of the more stories, is post-traumatic stress disorder. And so you think about this, people who've dealt with traumas, and let's say we use our military, for example, um, someone drops a book on the floor. Well, that provoked uh, sound or, or emotion turns to a historical feeling and they think it may be a gun going off. And so that's how we can misinterpret it, but also how that history that we have is so fast and gets immediate. Um, so let me just say a few things about the name and notice, and then we can kind of stop in the next shows we can follow up. But what are some of the ways that we can better notice well, one, we've been talking a fair amount is body signs, you know, so what's going on, headaches, migraines, nervous stomach, cracking voice. I mean, all those are in the body, and it's like, oh, something's going on here. This may be a little bit more uh, intense. We also may notice when some of the psychological defenses that people have, someone who's intellectualizing, someone who's blaming, um, probably below the surface, you know, there's some emotions that are being activated. And we do have many people, um, you know, only know the surface emotions. And, Kathy, you, when you and I are in organizations, sometimes we want to get them more fluent to get beyond bad, glad, sad, or mad. Four emotions, bad, glad, sad, mad. Uh, and so we want to get them past that and really understanding that. And there's a lot of different tools we have in our survey, we're going to be able to present what emotions are people uh, most common for folks, what are the ones that they most want to avoid, and really to kind of raise the awareness, awareness equals responsibility, around some of that. And then you can hear about how someone's feeling with 
what we would call these blinking words. What's a blinking word? It's the emotionally loaded word. When I'm working with executives, we want them to get in tune to that. Someone may say, I'm so frustrated. You know, they move the deadline back. I don't know what to do next. Hopefully in their mind, the blinking word is the emotionally loaded word, frustrated, deadline, next. So when you're listening to them, you're zeroing into what's called a blinking word. They're going to give us many opportunities. And then the last one that can help raise the awareness, and I love what you said about Warren Bennis, uh, first-class noticers, what are the metaphors that people are using. I have a lump in my throat. Um, there's a hollowness in me. Uh, this is like, I feel like I'm bleeding to death. This is a slap across the face. If you're a leader or a parent, you know, they've given you a window into what's going on in their mind or their feelings that are going, you know, their, their emotions that are going to their mind and how their mind is interpreting that. That window is invaluable to help understand. So the conversation would be, oh, wow, that must slap to the face must really sting. Tell me a little bit more about that. Why, you know, why is that, uh, you know, why is that going on now or what's going on with that? So those are different tools that we have in the book to help people raise that uh, awareness about the emotions in the first part of the name and notice, accept, manage, express, we'll get into the others, but that's some of it around the notice and name part. No, absolutely, and it's a beautiful thing when we can analyze through our own emotional self-awareness and be able to do something about that recognition and understanding as opposed to be frustrated and uh, get blocked, right, by what to do next. So this ability for us to differentiate between these subtleties in our emotions and understanding the cause of these emotions and the impact they have on us is the is the magic here that we are so excited to share with everybody in very practical terms. And that N-A-M-E process, that little circle, those four little words, uh, can be so helpful to one's actions and to one's actions towards others. So, you know, we've come to the end of our show today. I'm very excited about you know, what we're sharing, what we're going to continue to share for the remainder of the year, and hopefully people will go to the page, the Leadership Development News page, and take the survey and help us and help themselves. And I just want to thank everybody for continuing to bring us into your world, wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, and uh, we, we hope that we are doing something for you and giving you insight into your heart and your mind. Well, thanks, Kathy. Um, so continue to tune in to tune up your emotional intelligence and your emotional brilliance. And the next shows will be following up on the rest of the acronym, Accept, Manage, Express. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.